you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Jehovah's Witnesses are having a hard time in Russia, but this week, a judge imposed an eight-year suspended sentence on a 24-year-old Jehovah's Witness and a seven-year suspended sentence on his 27-year-old wife. A suspended sentence basically means they have to serve the eight years, but they can do it on probation instead of actually behind bars. If they break the rules of probation, they serve the rest of their time in prison. There are a lot of rules that come with probation, although it's obviously better than sitting in jail, especially since this means the husband and wife can stay together. I don't know about Russia, but I assume probation is similar to the U.S. No drinking, no drugs, you have to maintain steady employment, no firearms, follow a curfew, sometimes you have to live in specific areas, that kind of thing. It's doable for a Jehovah's Witness, or I guess an ex-Jehovah's Witness now. I imagine there are other terms to the probation too. Jehovah's Witnesses in Russia are allowed to believe whatever they want, but they aren't allowed to gather for religious services, and they aren't allowed to possess any contraband, aka Jehovah's Witnesses literature. This happened a day after another judge handed down six other suspended sentences. Honestly, as an atheist, I think religion is ridiculous and harmful to society. I would rather live in a world where it didn't exist at all. That said, I believe in freedom. Freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. That's the humanist position. Thanks to what Russia is doing right now, Jehovah's Witnesses are getting a lot of sympathy from the outside. You might manage to eradicate the religion from within Russia, but they're garnering sympathy everywhere else, thanks to what's happening there. They've become martyrs. They're more powerful in death. Russia is making a mistake and directly counteracting the work I'm trying to do, not to mention the fact that this is setting a bad precedent. If they can outlaw this, what other beliefs or philosophical positions are they willing to outlaw? Donald Trump Jr. went on a show called What's On Your Mind recently, and on the show, he claimed his dad literally saved Christianity. Let's listen to the clip. He's protected the Second Amendment. He's literally saved Christianity. I mean, there's a full-out war on faith in this country by the other side. I mean, the Democratic Party, the far left, is, has become the party of the quote-unquote atheist. I mean, they want to attack Christianity. They want to close churches. They want to, you know, they're totally fine keeping liquor stores open, but they want to Closed churches all over the country. I mean, look what he's done in the Middle East. Peace in the Middle East. He's, you know, look what he's done with prescription drug prices. Like, you know, insulin going on. That was a whole lot of garbage. First of all, there isn't an all-out war against faith by the Democrats, a.k.a. the other side. The Democrat Party is still extremely religious. Too religious, in my opinion. And as a defense against this bullshit, the leaders of the Democrat Party are trying to show they're just as religious as the Republicans. And nobody wants to close churches for the sake of closing them. If you want to see what that looks like, look at Russia. They are actually closing churches for the sake of closing them and giving the members 10-year sentences. Literally nobody in the U.S has been charged for assembling safely because nobody gives a shit if you do it safely. Like, for example, through Zoom. Religious groups aren't subject to any laws that everybody else isn't subject to. And finally, in response to that last part about drug prices in the U.S. and peace in the Middle East, no. That's ridiculous. Insulin is not, quote-unquote, like water, as Trump says. It's not free. People are paying out the nose to have the medicine they need. And there is not peace in the Middle East. Basically, nothing he said was true. If you really believe Trump literally saved Christianity, as Trump Jr. said, let me ask you these two questions. What was Trump trying to save Christianity from? And what specifically did he do to save it?
In case you haven't heard, a terrorist group attempted to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the Michigan governor. The group used the lockdown protests from March and April to recruit new members. Well, our old buddy Pastor Rick Wiles had some things to say about it. Bear in mind, these people are officially classified as terrorists. And why wouldn't we expect Christian pastors to come to their defenses? Pastor Rick Wiles spoke out in their favor the other day. This is what he said. I got something to say to the governor. Did you at all stop and think, what are you doing that drives middle-class, law-abiding, tax-paying citizens to think about kidnapping you? What are you doing? Are your policies so extreme, so uh, radical, that you're pushing people over the line to say we have to get that woman out of the governor's office? I love it. Blame the victim. Great plan. First of all, they weren't law-abiding citizens, obviously. They attempted to kidnap a governor. And second, their stated goal was to spark a civil war. That's what they wanted to do. That's what they said. That doesn't sound like a law-abiding group to me. They sound like they have a few screws loose. The most disturbing part of this whole thing is the fact that religious leaders are defending terrorists. But that's what happens in religious nationalist countries. How many religious leaders in Saudi Arabia supported the 9-11 hijackers? The Saudi Arabian government funded the operation. We're sitting here watching the exact same thing play out in the U.S., only this time, it's Christian nationalists instead of Islamic nationalists. And the U.S. government and U.S. megachurches have a lot more money to throw around. Apparently, Hillary Clinton has a podcast. I thought she disappeared off the face of the planet four years ago, but I guess she's still around. If you guys didn't know, she's super religious, and she's had some interesting takes on religious issues recently. She was interviewing a reverend named Reverend William J. Barber II. Here's what she had to say. How do you see now what the church should be doing? Because a lot of people are leaving the church. A lot of young people are leaving the church, in part because the way they understand what Christianity has become is, you know, so judgmental, so alienating uh, that they think to themselves, well, I don't need that. I don't want to be part of that. So this should also be a time for the church to take a hard look at itself and try to figure out how it can be a real partner in this moment of moral awakening. I appreciate what she's trying to do here. She's trying to say the church needs to catch up with modern society. But that's the problem, isn't it? The church is always trying to catch up. It's never leading the way in morality. It's always been the one standing in the way of gay marriage, standing in the way of abolitionists trying to fight to end slavery. They even used Bible verses to justify it. The church believes that God is all-knowing and inerrant. They've always believed the Bible was set in stone. Reinterpreting the Bible to be favorable to abolitionism or gay marriage is betraying God. Why should we want the church involved in society's moral awakening? They've only ever stood in the way. Personally, I want the church to shut up and stay out of politics. That would make everybody's life a lot easier. Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, had some stern words for the New York Jewish community recently. An activist mommy didn't like it. She wrote an article about what he had to say. 
He said, quote, I have to say to the Orthodox community tomorrow, if you're not willing to live with these rules, then I'm going to close the synagogues, end quote. There have been serious protests in the Orthodox Jewish community recently, and for reasons most people don't realize, Jewish people tend to have the support of Christians in the U.S. The reason is because Christians believe that Jewish people have to occupy Israel before Armageddon can start. Evangelical Christians only tend to support the Jewish community because they're a part of their Christian prophecy. They still think they're wrong, and they still think they're going to pay the price with their lives for being wrong. But they're important keys to the doctrine. So don't let activist mommy's motivations fool you. The fact that she's running to the Jewish community's defense here is only for the sake of doctrine, not because she respects these people in any way. At any rate, the Orthodox Jewish community in New York is actually very extreme, and they've basically completely disregarded any safety precautions. They think they're sticking it to the man, but honestly, they're only hurting themselves. It's a real shame they won't see that until it's too late. Liberty Council, a Christian legal group, wrote an article recently about how bad anti-Christian bigotry is. It mostly revolves around the fact that the government is imposing safety laws regarding COVID, i.e., they have to assemble online instead of in person, or they have to take specific safety precautions if they do meet in person, like making everybody wear masks, having hand sanitizer nearby, keeping six feet distance between people, that kind of thing. I guess that amounts to religious persecution in these people's minds. Here's a quote from the article written written by Liberty Council. Quote, the enemy wants God's people silenced in every possible way. No churches, no outside worship, no home Bible studies, and no mention of the Bible at all when offering social services or educational courses to more than a handful of attendees. No displays of Ten Commandments or the birth of Christ at Christmas. No right for individuals to choose Bible-based Christian counseling and no devout justice on the Supreme Court. The enemy wants to eradicate Christianity and faith in our nation. America America is the only nation in the history of the world, other than Israel, to be founded on the word of God. The fact is, Judeo-Christian values are the foundation of our free republic. End quote. That is laughable. If they want to see real religious persecution, look to Russia or China, or any number of other authoritarian countries. They're around. You can see real examples of it. They aren't fighting for a free society. They're fighting for Christian nationalism. And it couldn't possibly be more clear. They are a disgrace to what Jesus purportedly stood for. If Jesus was real, he wasn't, but if he was, he'd be ashamed of what his followers have turned into. I have no clue how Jesus became the symbol of gun-loving, neighbor-hating extremists. The exact opposite of what Jesus taught. Before we take a look at all that, let's listen to some voicemails. Don't forget, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Okay, my name is John Bennett, and I've looked at your, uh, on YouTube, and I was just considering, what churches would you recommend, if any? Because it almost sounds like I began to listen to it, it almost sounds like you're a cult. So, I mean, I've taken Kingdom of the Cults before at Moody Bible Institute and some other things. So I'm just curious, what is a good church? Okay, thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, I feel like I haven't made myself clear about what a cult is. There's something called the BITE model. It stands for, it's an acronym, stands for Behavior Control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. It's the four ways in which cults control people, okay? If a religious group or any group at all, doesn't have to be religious, if any group at all 
controls people in these four ways, it raises red flags for me. I'm concerned about it. Do they use behavior modification through a system of rewards and punishments? Do they encourage black and white, us versus them, good versus evil thinking? Uh, do they prevent people from talking to ex-members or critics? Do they shun ex-members? Do they control the information that comes in? Do they contradict facts? Do the members believe the cult's reality over the reality that they can see right in front of them? Those are red flags. Those are signs that the group you're dealing with might be a cult. Scientology is not a religious cult. It's a psychology cult. Heaven's Gate was a UFO cult. Jehovah's Witnesses are a religious cult. Cults don't have to be religious, but they can be, and for some reason often are. So I reject the notion that I am a cult because I don't control people's behavior. I don't try to modify people's behavior. I don't control the information that they're allowed to read or consume. I don't contradict facts. I don't want them to live in my reality rather than the reality that they can see right in front of them. I don't encourage a black and white us versus them, good versus evil mentality. There are a lot of reasons why I wouldn't consider myself a cult, if that even makes any sense. Um, but I'm open to hearing your arguments, I suppose. As far as which churches I would endorse, I wouldn't endorse any churches. I tend to believe that believing true things is preferable over believing false things. And I just don't think that any religion out there has the truth. We have how many religions to choose from? Thousands of religions and denominations out there. Which one is correct? Only one of them can be correct. In most cases, there may be a few that can work together and meld together. But for the most part, just about every denomination and religion out there is contradictory. You can't be a Christian and a Muslim at the same time. They contradict each other, right? So which of those two is correct? You have your opinion. The Muslim has their opinion. I'm just disregarding all of them until I get some evidence in. So far, none of the evidence I've been presented has been satisfactory. If your question was, which groups... Which Christian groups would I consider not to be a cult? I do have some examples for that. There are some Lutheran churches out there that are not very extreme. There are some Methodist churches out there that are not very extreme. There are some, but not as many, Baptist churches out there that aren't as extreme. Although, once you get into Baptist ideology, it starts to go down a bad path. Generally speaking, when you're dealing with a specific group, a specific religious group, it's hard not to become a cult sometimes with those groups. The leadership has to put effort into not abusing the power that they've just been given. 
the vast majority of religious leaders tend to fail that test. Not all, but a lot. Hello, this is Bill. I was wondering to what extent you thought libertarian ideas were cults and the ideas of the National Rifle Association could be defined as cults. Very interesting question. I appreciate that. Um, as I said before, I think that to be a cult, it has to be a very specific, distinct, definable group, and it has to be exerting control over its members in the form of behavior control, information control, emotional control, and thought control. The NRA does tend to make up their own narratives, and I, I, I could see a justification for saying that they use information control on their members, and maybe to some extent they even use thought and emotional control to a lesser extent. But I wouldn't say that the NRA or libertarianism are uh, dis distinct cults. Libertarianism is more of an idea, I guess, more of a, a philosophy, if you will. There probably are libertarian cults out there, but you'd have to narrow it down to specific groups to define them as cults. Libertarianism has some interesting ideas, some interesting philosophical ideas that I think could play out in interesting ways on paper. But in practice, I, I don't think that it's actually practical, like to, to put it into practice. I don't think it would really work. Who knows? I guess we could probably set up some research experiments on it or something. Hi, I'm Violet. I'm from Ontario. I just wanted to ask you, because I feel like you're kind of, I, I know you don't like expert, but an expert on Jehovah's Witnesses. And I recently found out that my boyfriend is a part of the church, and I'm an ex-member personally. I have a lot of baggage with the church, and I kind of freaked out a little bit, and I'm kind of worried about if things will work or not. He knows I'm an apostate now, and he says he's fine with it. And, but, like, should I try to get him out of the religion? Should I just leave it? I, I, I just don't really know what to do, I guess. Anyways... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the phone call. Fascinating. And an unfortunate situation you find yourself in. I would say, if he is okay with the fact that you're an apostate, then it's likely that he is on the inside of the religion emotionally only, not physically in, probably. Or he's on his way out. That being said, you have to assume that he may never leave. You have to face that, that, that possibility. With relationships, I always say you shouldn't go in hoping to change somebody. You should accept them for who they are or, or not. If you can accept them for who they are rather than trying to change them constantly, your life will be a lot happier. You will personally be a lot happier because every time they do something that bothers you, it's going to drive you nuts. I would recommend you don't push too hard. If you wanted to try to pull them out of the religion, you, you could, but don't push too hard because bringing somebody out of a cult-like mindset is very difficult. So just play it 
by ear, take it one day at a time, and don't get your hopes up about pulling them out. If they're okay with the fact that you're in apostate, if they're compromising on that, then maybe just come to terms with the fact that maybe they'll be on the inside. And who knows, maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised when they leave. Who knows? Olivia, what can the average U.S. citizen do to stop harmful propaganda? Thanks, Owen. It depends on the type of propaganda. Um, I'll tell you this. If you wanted to really dive into it, it would be very, very helpful if you learned about different types of propaganda, what it is and how it operates. And there are actually countermeasures to different types of propaganda. A while back, I did a video about propaganda. It was on my main channel. I don't remember what it was called, but it's all about how propaganda works, talks about different types and how to counteract them, things like that. Give that a watch and make note of the propaganda techniques that I mentioned in there. I think I mentioned fire hosing. That's one that's not commonly mentioned, but it's one that Donald Trump does, for example, constantly. So look up like 10 different propaganda techniques that are commonly used, and then look up the countermeasures to counter that type of propaganda. This is a subject that's been studied for decades, for a very long time. There's a lot of research in this, in propaganda techniques and how they work, especially during the Cold War era, because it was rampant, not just by the Soviet Union, by the U.S. too. Ever heard of the Red Scare? It was all propaganda. So take a look at different propaganda techniques and actually look up the recommended countermeasures to counter those forms of propaganda. Sometimes it's things you may not like. For example, fire hosing is a propaganda technique where the propagandist will go to as many outlets as they possibly can, as many newspapers, as many social media networks as possible, anywhere they can get their voice out, and they'll spread as many lies as possible, all in one big stream. Chances are 90% of the people that hear it aren't going to believe it. And 90% of the people who do believe it aren't going to believe all of it. But 10% of 10% are going to believe some of it at the very least, maybe even all of it. That's a wedge in the door. That's the crack in the door that you need, that the propagandist needs. One of the countermeasures to fire hosing is cutting off the stream, preventing them from spreading the lies through as many outlets as possible. For example, Twitter limiting Trump's tweets or putting messages on his tweets saying like this has been fact-checked and found to be false or something like that that is a countermeasure to fire hosing propaganda but you need to do it on as many outlets as possible not just Twitter but Facebook and Instagram and Fox News CNN all of them that's the key. Let me actually read some super chats real quick. The biggest of Chungai. Does anyone else 
think treating religion as a drug would work. You can practice it, but you can't push it on others without consequences. You can recommend it to friends, but forcing it on people who don't want it is punishable. That's really interesting. Um, I think seeing the results of that kind of thing would be fascinating. Seeing the research written out would be an interesting read. In practice, it would be really hard to get something like that passed. Because, especially in the U.S., it's just freedom of religion comes before all else in the U.S. Like, they view it as one of their most fundamental rights, just like breathing and sleeping are assumed rights. It would be really hard to get laws passed to just limit religious people from infringing on my rights. That's hard enough let alone trying to do something like that. But it would be an interesting thought experiment for sure. Zolfner, we need Zolfner as much as Biden. I beg to differ, good sir. Zolfner, I'm the biggest minority, don't need protection. Zolfner, there are five candidates I voted. Yeah, I think Kanye West is running as a, an independent this time, but he's not even on the ballot in most places. Usually there are more candidates than just the two, but the others are polling so low, they have absolutely no chance of winning. Absolutely none. In 2016, Gary Johnson had like 7% of the vote or something like that because nobody really liked Trump. When we come back, we're going to talk about activist mommy coming unglued on Governor Andrew Cuomo for implementing safety guidelines. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the first article I wanted to take a look at is entitled New York Governor Cuomo Threatens to Close the Synagogues If Worshippers Don't Mask Up and Social Distance. This is on Elizabeth Johnston's website, which is Activist Mommy's website. This isn't actually Activist Mommy's blog, but it's the same person. So let's read the article and see what it says. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has warned religious groups in the state, particularly New York City's Orthodox Jewish population, that he will take executive action to close houses of worship if his COVID guidelines are not obeyed. Quote, we knew religious institutions have been a problem, Cuomo said at a press conference on Monday, according to the Daily Caller. We know mass gatherings are the super spreader events. We know there have been mass gatherings going on in concert with religious institutions in these communities for weeks. For weeks. Here's uh, Andrew Cuomo quoted by The Hill's Twitter account. I have to say to the Orthodox community tomorrow, if you're not willing to live with these rules, then I'm going to close the synagogues. This is a unique situation. The Orthodox Jewish community in New York is um, a very unique beast. It's not a standard Jewish community. These are extremists that you're dealing with. These are places where the entire community is Jewish. There isn't a non-Jewish person in the community, like a Gentile, I guess. There isn't one of them in the community. Every building, every house, everything is owned by the Jewish community. And the, in the buildings on the Sabbath, they will have elevators stop at every single floor 
because pressing a button to go to one of the floors could be considered working. This is an extreme community, an extremist group. So we're not dealing with standard Jewish religion here. Let's continue reading. This is activist mommy speaking. Quote, I don't mean little violations, Cuomo, a Democrat, went on. Not sure why the Democrat bit is relevant. I'm talking about you're only supposed to have 50 outdoors. They had 1,000. Here's uh, activist mommy again. At the presser, Cuomo offered photos from the past couple of weeks, quote-unquote, denouncing them as emblematic of the large religious gatherings persisting amid the pandemic. However, according to some investigation by Jewish insiders Jacob Kornbla, it appears the photos Cuomo cited were actually taken back in 2006 at the funeral of Rabbi Moshe Tietelbaum. I want to point something out. Activist Mommy has been known to just make shit up completely, just fabricate shit out of the ether. So I'm skeptical of her claim here that the picture, which we don't even have right now, was from some other event, but even if it was, these gatherings are taking place, so it's kind of irrelevant in my eyes. The gatherings are happening, and it's a problem. They are leading to super spreader events right now. We want to save people's lives. We don't want, we want to minimize suffering. That's the goal here. She's acting as though the goal is to stick it to religious people? Isn't Andrew Cuomo Catholic? Why would he care? I mean, you'd think the dude wants people to congregate for religious services. Why would anybody want to stop that? Nobody wants to stop that. We want public safety. That's what people care about right now. Back to activist mommy. According to the caller, Cuomo's office did not immediately respond to an inquiry about the photos. At the conference, Cuomo conceded that his heavy hand in enforcing social distancing policies can lead to uncomfortable situations. Nonetheless, he warned, if you're not willing to live with these rules, then I'm going to close the synagogues. It's not something you have to concede. Obviously, it's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be in lockdown right now. Nobody wants to be in lockdown. I don't, but I am. I'm being careful. I'm wearing my mask when I go out. I'm not talking to anybody unnecessarily. I'm not hosting giant-ass parties. This is mind-blowing. It's like she thinks that people are just out to get her 24-7. This is a quote. I have had a 30-year relationship with the Orthodox community, the governor touted. It goes back to my father. I have a very close personal relationship with them. This is the last thing I want to do. Forget the politics. I don't care about that anymore. Personally, I don't want to have this conversation. It's a difficult conversation. And you're right on the line of government intrusion on religion, so it's hard. Nobody wants to stop people from gathering. Nobody wants that. The only thing anybody wants right now is to protect people, to keep people safe and prevent this disease from spreading. You can still hold your meetings. You just need to do it either online or safely outdoors with masks and social distancing and... Uh, limits on how many people can show up. Why is that so difficult? I don't understand why they want to die on this hill. It's a stupid hill to die on. You want to see real religious persecution? Look to Russia right now. Look to China right now. They are genuinely persecuting people for religious reasons. 
Christians even. But they, they would rather scream persecution at the top of their lungs when it's not happening. People are going to start ignoring it if they haven't already. Let's take a quick look at some Super Chats. Zolfner, I send you my video of me voting Biden. There are five. You voted Biden! Okay! Very nice. Congratulations. Uh, I honestly think Biden's going to win. I find it fascinating, though, that you already voted. You, you early voted, I guess, is what that means. That tells me that you most likely believe in the cause. If you didn't, then you would most likely put it off until the last second. If you didn't genuinely want to do it, then you would have just done it on election day with everybody else. I guess you could care more about the pandemic and being safe. So there is that, I suppose. Zolfner, damn, you're wrong about the Orthodox Jews too. Lived with them, funded my savings. Okay, I would be surprised if you lived with them. I actually met with one when I went to New York City and this guy had to sneak out of his house because if he was caught leaving the community, then he would be seriously punished. And he was fairly high up in the hierarchy, so or at least heavily integrated in the community. So nobody could know that he was leaving. And he told me a lot about how it operates. It's extremely fascinating. That's my source, a guy that lives there. Mistress Crimson 98. You can ask your girlfriend. There's more than one reason Nebraskans bleed red. It's not just football. It's been a Republican majority as long as I can remember. Oh, I, I know. I've been watching Nebraska pretty close. But it looks like at least one district will almost certainly go blue. So there's that. Uh, district number two, I think. It's Oma it covers Omaha and Lincoln and other you know cities in that area. When we come back, we're going to talk about Liberty Council, a Christian group writing an article about how persecuted Christians are in the US. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I want to take a look at is entitled, A Right-Wing Lawyer's Examples of Anti-Christian Bigotry Are Laughably Awful. This is on the Friendly Atheist website by Beth Stoneburner, so let's give it a read and see what it has to say. At a time when minority groups are increasingly worried about whether the Supreme Court will jeopardize their civil rights by this time next year, the Christian legal group Liberty Council is claiming that anti-Christian bigotry is so rampant it's getting out of hand, quote-unquote. After bringing up numerous examples, attorney Matt Staver writes, quote, The enemy wants God's people silenced in every possible way. Now, who is the enemy in this situation? We're going to read the actual article in a minute, and maybe that'll provide some context, but I'm not sure if the enemy they're referring to is Satan or Democrats or liberals or what. Let's continue reading. This is Matt Saver again. No churches, outside worship, no home Bible studies, and no mention of the Bible at all when offering social services or educational courses to more than a handful of attendees. No displays of the Ten Commandments or the birth of Christ at Christmas. No right for individuals to choose Bible-based Christian counseling and no devout justice on the Supreme Court. I just want to make note of something here. Um, nobody should be getting Christian counseling. 
Counseling is a scientific health matter. It is a public health situation. Christians shouldn't have any part in that as the authorities in the matter. If Christians want to get a degree, go to college, and learn the psychology necessary to be counselors, licensed counselors or licensed psychologists or psychiatrists, fine, totally fine with that. But being a pastor shouldn't be the only requirement to be able to counsel or provide therapy to people. That is insane. And I could be wrong here, but I believe in California, that is the only requirement to be a therapist, is to be a pastor, an ordained minister. That's insane. It's unacceptable. Back to Matt Staver. The enemy wants to eradicate Christianity and faith in our nation. America is the only nation in the history of the world, other than Israel, to be founded on the word of God. The fact is, Judeo-Christian values are the foundation of our free republic. Okay, let's get a little bit of context for this. No, I don't want to buy your damn book. Let's get a little context for this. This is the actual article that was written. This is on charismanews.com. The title is Liberty Council Anti-Christian Bigotry Growing Out of Hand. This is by Matt Staver. This is the actual article that I was quoting just now. When churches across this country are being threatened with seizure and destruction by bureaucrats who simultaneously encourage mass protests and riots, as is the case with our clients, Elim Romanian Pentecostal Church of Chicago, Illinois, and our church clients in California, when pastors are criminally charged or threatened for conducting worship in church, as is the case with our clients in California, Colorado, Illinois, Kentucky, and Virginia, when churchgoers are put on the equivalent of house arrest for attending Easter Sunday services, as is the case with our clients in Kentucky. Okay, I see where this is going. I just want to cut this off at the pass. Um, People are not being arrested for just simply gathering as a church, for worshiping. They're not being arrested for worshiping. They're perfectly free to worship. Nobody is preventing that from happening. They aren't allowed to endanger public health right now in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. You've got to be fucking kidding me with this. I guess everybody is entitled to a a legal defense, and this is probably the legal defense provided to the dipshit pastors who are insisting on going to church and spreading the virus as much as they possibly can. But it's an embarrassment, and it's laughable, and it makes me realize that too many lawyers are fucking scumbags. Too many are scumbags. Let's continue reading. When Christians face fines for having small groups, quote-unquote, or Bible study meetings in their own homes, as is the case in our lawsuit against California Governor Gavin Newsom, when a Christian ministry and Bible college face penalties for conducting worship with more people than Colorado Governor Jared Polis deems appropriate, when similar non-religious meetings have no such limit, as is the case with our client Andrew Womack, Ministries International and Charis Bible College in Colorado, I just want to make note, everybody is bound to the exact same rules. You can't have a football game with a thousand members, just like you can't have a megachurch meet with a thousand members. Religious organizations are not 
exempt from the rules that everybody else is bound to. There may be some exceptions to those rules, like maybe colleges are allowed to have, like universities are allowed to have a certain number of people that churches are not allowed to have, but those are exceptions. Those are special cases because we have to keep an educational system moving. Maybe middle schools are allowed to have 6th, 7th, and 8th graders all together in the same building. That's very different from having a church bring a thousand people in for no fucking reason when these people could be on Zoom instead. These Christians are so persecuted, aren't they? You have to feel for them. Not the Christians in Russia who are literally being tortured. Not the Christians in China or North Korea who are being put to death. Not them. Who fucking cares about them? We should care about these guys. These guys really have a problem. They are really having a hard time right now because they have to meet over Zoom instead of in person. They're martyrs. They're just having such a hard time. You can't help but feel for them, right? As is the case with our client in Sandra Merritt in California, when the right to display the Ten Commandments, Christmas, nativity scenes, or even Christian flags must be decided by the Supreme Court, as is the case in three of our current Christian symbols lawsuits, when bureaucrats outlaw people's ability to choose Bible-based Christian counseling, as is the case with our three change counseling cases, and when one of the most highly acclaimed legal minds in the century is castigated for her belief in service to God, as is the case with President Trump's nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the U.S. Supreme Court, only one conclusion can be drawn. The enemy wants God's people silenced in every possible way. Now, all of that shit is made up, or a lot of it is made up. It's completely fabricated because they need martyrs. They need to be persecuted. In all seriousness, movements gain support when there is persecution, genuine persecution. Movements gain support. If the persecution is not genuine, if it's just fucking fabricated like this, they don't gain outside support. They look like the fools that they are to the outside world. But the members on the inside already become more radicalized and extreme and more they feel more persecuted as a result of what happens and what they're what's being said and everything it's driving a wedge between this group and the rest of society this doesn't just apply to christianity this is how radicalization works more generally this can apply to any number of groups, not just religious groups, not just religion generally, but cults specifically, too. Cults do this kind of thing all the time. Jehovah's Witnesses love to be persecuted. It's a persecution complex. They want to feel like they're being wronged because it brings public support to their position. And if they aren't honestly being wronged, it brings internal support. It drives it up. That's why it's so counterproductive and harmful that Russia is genuinely persecuting Jehovah's Witnesses right now. Because they have gained the support of tons of nonprofit organizations and UN members. 
They are speaking out in favor of Jehovah's Witnesses and drawing eyes to the situation. They, they actually are martyrs in Russia right now. Jehovah's Witnesses are. And it's counterproductive. In 20 years, maybe there won't be Jehovah's Witnesses in Russia. I don't know. Maybe that'll be the end result of this ban. But Jehovah's Witnesses, as a result of what's happening right now, are going to be respected slightly more in 20 years than they would have been if Russia hadn't done this. I'm not terribly worried about the Liberty Council's propaganda here. I'm not worried about the propaganda that they're spreading. It does need to be called out. But all they're really doing is trying to gather internal support trying to fundraise and get their current members to donate more money and support them more and go to church and all that other stuff. This kind of propaganda probably won't benefit them from the outside world because people can see it for what it is. Bullshit. Anyway, let's continue reading the article and see what Beth Stoneburner had to say about it. Who knew Christians across the country were being imprisoned for their faith? Who knew they weren't allowed to speak? Has anyone told the Christians who continue to serve as ambassadors for Donald Trump? Churches aren't being threatened for remaining open during a pandemic because of their faith. If synagogues and mosques were putting their congregants at risk with the same regularity, we'd be hearing about that too. And we are hearing about that, actually. Andrew Cuomo, as we learned in the last article, said that he's going to have to shut synagogues down if they don't stop acting like fools, acting like Christians. These pastors are simply putting public health in danger. Erecting standalone Ten Commandments monuments outside courthouses and city halls violates the Establishment Clause. This is long-standing precedent that respects religious neutrality. And while we're at it, Amy Coney Barrett isn't being criticized for her faith. She's being questioned about whether her faith will impact her ability to rule in the best interest of all citizens. Oh, and FYI, um, people of praise is fucking crazy, so there's that. As a Christian myself, let me just say his entire list of atrocities is bullshit. There's no actual persecution, just Christians violating the law or putting people in danger. Meanwhile, outside the U.S., there is legitimate persecution happening against Christians. Many of them may read Liberty Council's diatribe and wish they'd be so lucky. If Staver thinks Christians are being persecuted, he should tell us which group he'd like to trade places with. Interesting. Beth Stoneburner is a Christian. Did not know that. This is on the Friendly Atheist website. That surprises me, actually. I completely agree with Beth Stoneburner's position on this. It really is sad to see Christians being persecuted. It's sad to see anybody being persecuted. I don't like to see anybody suffer, any human suffer. I don't like it. Or animal. I don't like suffering. I want to minimize suffering in the world. And there is genuine religious persecution happening, and I want to stop it. That's not happening in the United States. The United States is becoming a Christian nationalist state at this moment. Like, it's moving that direction really quickly. Disturbingly quickly. And... We have to talk about this kind of stuff if we want to stop it. Let's take a quick glance at Super Chats. 
Zelfner, yeah, Trump is dumb. Educated people don't wait. Okay, interesting. Void Puppy, I've been watching you for years, but this is the first live stream I've caught. Just wanted to send some love. I appreciate that. $5 donation. That means five treats for each kitty. Each kitty gets five treats because they're about 50 cents per treat, so they appreciate that very much. Zolfner, who else comes here to fight with strangers while ignoring Owen? <laughs> right? Yeah, that seems to be the trend. Okay, that's all I've got for you. I appreciate you guys coming and giving this a watch, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.